Hello, everybody. This is Patrick Donahoe. Welcome to Infinite Banking Radio on the Paradigm Life Radio Network. Woo, today is uh, March 24th. We are almost upon April, and I am so looking forward to spring. Uh, for those of you who are listening for the first time, go back and listen to our previous podcast. We have a, a few years on there that talk uh, in depth about what we do as a company. Um, we have some awesome guests on there and some incredible information. Uh, you can also visit our website, which is www.paradigmlife.net, P-A-R-A-D-I-G-M-L-I-F-E.net. We've recently written a new article entitled, uh, well, I can't remember what the title is. That's that's how bad it is. But the website is beyourbank.com, and uh, the the article goes over the, the differences and the similarities between real estate and, uh, and life insurance. And so it's a great, great read and you'll be able to learn a little bit more about what we do. Uh, if, for those of you who would like to listen and learn more and have a free consultation with us, please contact us at 800-870-8670 or email us at info at paradigmlife.net. Well, I have with me one of my favorite people in the world and she's been a mentor of mine for the last few years and is an incredible individual. Her name is, is Kim Butler. And before I have Kim introduce herself, uh, I just wanted to give an idea of what we're going to talk about today. Um, Kim is a, a proponent of something called prosperity economics, and both of us have uh, a, a, a definite intention to bring this this cause to uh, to our country and potentially the world. We believe that the financial principles that this uh, this theory entails. Um, applies to so many different aspects of life besides besides finances and economics, um, and, and we really think that it would it would transform how an individual lives their life. So uh, so Kim, uh, how are you? Just fine, Patrick. Awesome. And I'm sorry awesome. to say we're already having spring down in Texas. Oh yeah, you are. In te- that's right. That's right. Your spring starts early. I'm I'm looking. I need I need spring. Winter just I can't stand winter in the February and March March months. But well, well, Kim, why don't you why don't you take a, you know a minute or so to, to introduce yourself and just to, to tell our listeners uh, who you are and what you're about? Sure, and I think a quick brief on background is helpful because so many people today are looking for something new to do with their money. They don't like the typical results that people are getting. So I'm going to share a little bit with my background because I too went through that transition about 20 years ago. So I graduated from college with an English degree. I'm not sure how relevant that is today, except that communication is really where it's at. And I got into banking, got into selling mutual funds, selling life insurance, got my certified financial planner designation. That's all from 1988 till about 1995. And at that point, I started seeking alternative ways to deal with money. The internet didn't really exist. I couldn't do research there, so I just started asking people. I had a ton of clients, and I was really looking for a different way to deal with money. And again, coming from the financial planning side of things, which is what typical financial planners do today, the mutual funds, the stocks, the let's figure out what you want 30 years from now and work backwards to today to figure out what to do, environment, that's where I came from. I had to make the paradigm shift that a lot of your clients are having to make today. And that is, first of all, there's got to be something out there else, something different, something that we can do with our money that gets us different results because we know that the definition of insanity is to keep doing the same thing and try to get different results. So 
I searched and searched and talked and found out that there are actual economic principles that we can utilize with our money, and it doesn't matter whether you think they came from Robert Kiyosaki or you or I or the Bible or the book The Richest Man in Babylon or a variety of other places, but these economic principles, which we've trademarked the term prosperity economics, but it, it really has existed forever and ever and ever, are what I transitioned into in 95, and we've been doing them ever since. Well, if you look at, and, and though it brings up it brings up a good point, because do you really think that what's going on today, the financial troubles that we're all exposed to, maybe not experiencing, but at least exposed to, do you think they're different from maybe financial challenges people had, you know, 15, 20, 30, 100 years ago? Because we're experiencing the same booms and busts that we always have, and now it's just a little bit bigger. But do you think the underlying uh, underlying causes of those are, are similar? I do. I think not only are the causes similar, but the results are similar. Yeah. And the things people are going through. So why do we? Why do? Why do? Why do people just continue to to do it? I mean, we we have to look to the past. And if you don't, you know, that's the saying. If you don't understand history, it's going to repeat itself. I mean, wh- why haven't people made the the connection between what's occurred in the past and what's occurring right now? I heard research, and I'm sorry I can't quote the source, but it indicated that our financial memory is 75 years. Interesting. Which is interesting because that's about what we're dealing with. If you look back to the depression, and I'm not gonna say whether we are or are not in one now, but if you look at the depression and that's the time frame, our financial memory has forgotten. Interesting. And that's, I think, where the problem is lying. Awesome. But it's the same thing, you know, and you look at prosperity economics and the principles that you're talking about. Obviously, principles are, are constant. Right principles always, and they and they have to they have to work. But the principles of economics, you can also apply those same principles to uh, to life. And what I love, you know, about what I what I do, and a lot of the things that you you've taught me, uh, both directly and, and indirectly, is uh, cert- certainty goes a long way, and control goes a long a long way. Where do you think those two things fit with Americans today? Do you think that they're in control over what they're doing financially and have certainty in what they're doing? Definitely not. And you said it so well, principles apply to everything in our life. And if you look at our seven economic principles that we work with under Prosperity Economics, you could absolutely take them, apply them to your physical life, your, your mental, your spiritual, of course, your financial, your social, your business, your personal, your relationships. And principles are interesting. I heard a good distinction from Steve D'Annunzio. A principle is something that you can apply, and you should know about it, and it can p- potentially affect you one way or the other. A law is something that whether you apply it or not, it affects you. So like the law of gravity, you know, you can disagree with it, you cannot like it, but the fact is the law of gravity is going to affect you whether you know it exists or not. That's I a believe that our principles, it's a good distinction, isn't it? Um, I believe that our principles are very, very close to law, that they affect you whether you know it or not. So I think today, if you look at just just financially, if we look at certain financial principles, people are not really basing decisions based on principles. They're basing their decisions on what everybody else is is doing. And you know, I think Kane, you know, John John Maynard Keynes didn't do many things right, in my opinion. 
um, especially the influence he had on on, on our country and, and economic policy. But there is something that he, he said, and he, he kind of coined the term the herd effect. And the herd effect is, you know, what everybody else is doing, most likely everybody, you know, the people that, that come up through the ranks are going to follow and do the exact same that they've, the exact same thing that the, the herd is doing. And so we definitely see evidence of that today, right? Right. And do you and think... that herd mentality is what's hurting people. And it also goes with the saying of if you keep doing the same thing over and over, you're going to get the same results. Both of those things are kind of converging in a way that hopefully is causing a wake-up call. And that's what you and I are about, is to try to help everybody that we can reach out to wake up a little bit, take more control of their finances, not just do what their parents said or do what the guy next door is doing or what have you, but actually look at their own information, learn other strategies that are out there, and then take action. I think that's another big challenge people are having today is people are so scared they're not doing anything. Well, at the same time, I don't even think people want want to take action. I mean, look at, and regardless of what our, our viewpoint is on, on healthcare, um, I mean, look at look at what it's done to people. It's, it's provided kind of a, a, a statement of, of entitlement, and it's delegated certain powers to, to other people that are really not within the individual's uh, control. And I think the same thing might even happen toward toward financial financial planning. It's this whole idea of I'm going to delegate the risk and I'm going to push the risk and I'm going to put the control on on somebody else. Um, but what that does is is very is very destructive because what individuals don't understand is that all the money they make is a byproduct of them, right? It's it's what they've worked so hard to do. It's what they've gone to school for and so forth. And once that money flows into their bank account and goes to somebody else, it completely wipes out that principle of dollars follow dollars follow value. You're right. Right, and I think as as individuals are schooled and are 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 kind of grown up in this social idea of of delegating uh, your retirement or delegating your your growth of money to somebody else, um, it, it just gets worse and worse and worse. It has a, it has a compounding effect. But you are right; people are starting to wake up, and I think that that's what's awesome about the whole idea of what's going on in the healthcare system is people, whether we we agree with it or disagree with it. People have stood up, you know, and they've and they've done something about about it, and they're taking more responsibility. And I'm hoping the same thing happens financially, because right now, you know, Kim, you had alluded to in the beginning, there's not, there wasn't much research you could have done when you started to see the flaws in financial planning. You couldn't do research on the internet, but today, I mean, it's incredible the uh, the videos you see on YouTube that expose the 70 to 17 to 20 hidden fees that 401ks have, or the amount of revenue that Charles Schwab or Fidelity or Morgan Stanley um, siphons from, from individuals' portfolios. I mean, it's incredible. And I think that the whole idea of the internet and media is really exposing those, those ideas. But people are still buying into them. Right, because it's what's been done for so long. And yet when we look at it, so long, I mean, really it was the 1950s when people started getting involved in the stock market at the level that we are today. Yeah. That is not that long ago. Yeah. No, and and it's I think it just goes back to the the concepts uh, or the breaking of principle, which people have mixed the terms investing and and saving, 
And what yeah. people think they're saving in is not really a savings vehicle, it's an investment vehicle. And if you look at the main benefactors of, of where people are saving money, uh, it's, it's, not, it's not necessarily them all the time, it's the people who manage it, trade it, administer it, and so forth. Because those, those companies, you know, the Fidelities and the Goldman Sachs and the Charles Schwab's, they're, and Morgan Stanley's, they're huge, I mean, they're huge companies, right? And their revenue stream is, is a lot of it's based on money under management, right? Yes. Yeah. So, as far as this idea of, of prosperity economics, what what's your what's your what's your vision? What's your what's the ideal picture that you see if this whole concept in theory is widely adopted? Well, I see our entire society handling their money about 180 degrees opposite of what they're doing today. So, as we know today, financial planning is focused on a need or a goal. It's about putting as little in as possible and hoping to get as much possible. It's about giving up control. It's very rate of return focused. And prosperity economics is literally the opposite of each one of those categories. So instead of trying to meet a need or a goal, pursuing wants and desires and not trying to figure out what's in the future and work backwards to today, but just working with today and having the dollars that are available today and getting the most for it. It's about putting in as much as possible, not as little as possible. And it's about controlling your money. That you've used the word, I'm gonna use it again. The control of your money is one of the most helpful aspects and people today are giving up 100% of their control. And not that we can get 100% back, because I guess that would mean kind of money in the mattress, which yeah. we know doesn't work. Yeah. But, you know, let's at least have it 50-50 or, or preferably 75 control on our side of the table and 25% on the institution. So if we can get the ideas behind prosperity economics, which, as I've said, have existed in our lives forever and ever and ever, implemented throughout our society, then they will have the control. They will have certainty. They will have recovered opportunity costs. They will be thinking about their economies from a prosperous mindset, not a scarcity or a fear-based mindset. Mm -hmm. And then they will also be understanding that their little economy can work the same way our United States economy can and or really the world economy, which is when money is moving, it is multiplying. In other words, think about our economy when dollars are moving around all the time like they do every day. Those same dollars are doing lots of jobs. They're multiplying. They're affecting many, many, many people. And in our own small personal economies, we can implement the exact same strategies that make our money move and that make it multiply and do lots of jobs. The strategies that are typically being implemented today do not make the money move. In fact, it's the exact opposite. Put it in a 529 plan, it's stuck. Put it in a 401k plan or a 403b plan or an IRA, it's stuck. And they don't have the money multiplied because it is stuck, it can't do lots of jobs. If people implement prosperity economics, they can use the same dollar to educate their kids, build up money for later, buy real estate, buy life insurance, get other investment property, buy businesses, $1 if you know the right strategies to use, which strategies are things that you do 
and you know the right products to buy, which is where you put your money, then you can get your dollars moving and multiplying, which are basic economic principles that operate every single day, just not on most people's money. Well, and that's, if you look at, I mean, you, you've brought up a half, a half a dozen very profound points because you, you said one thing that, that kind of hit me, which is an economy will, but I, I think our economy right now is not the economy that, that, the, found, that the founders of our country envisioned. <laughs> I think it's very far, very far from it. Um, very true. Because, you know, 50% of our money goes to, to taxes, whether it's sales tax or income taxes. And, and, we, and obviously there's not as much, uh, not as much production or, mo- or movement or efficiency with, with that money. But I, that's, that's a conversation for, for another day. Um, but this, this whole idea of, of free markets and a personal economy is very, uh, is very profound because it goes back to that, that idea of control. If you look at one of the main reasons why individuals came to this country, it was because of, it was because of property. Now, obviously, they wanted freedom, but with freedom comes, comes property, right? Because an individual's freedom and how they utilize their intuition and act on their intuition has a lot to do with with property because it brings it from the mental world into the uh, into the into the physical world and creating products and services and strategies and so forth that are beneficial to to other people. Um, but the whole idea of property and real estate is really what I, where I wanted to kind of focus on right now in the last couple minutes that we have remaining. Um, the whole idea of real estate. Real estate has always been a very profound uh, investment. And obviously, people have done it the right way, and people have done it the the wrong way. But uh, in in the end, I think property um, again is one of the most viable investments because it's the investment where you can not necessarily always you do, but you can have the most control. And some of my best my best clients, the individuals that I've worked with, that have really understood this whole idea of prosperity economics um, and and control of your of your money flows of your money and so forth, uh, are real estate investors. They understand the principles of of real estate. And I know that's the same case with with you, Kim. I mean, I know one of the the bigger clients that you have had is is Robert Kiyosaki. And I I've known you know from from conversations that we've had is he got he got the concept right away and other real estate investors have as well why why do you think real estate investors um, have really understood and grasped the idea of prosperity economics which as you said is 180 degree different 180 degrees different than what the normal person is doing why do you think they grasp it so fast that's a great question I think it's because real estate naturally forces money to move and it forces money to do lots of jobs it's just a natural occurrence with real estate So those are two of the seven principles that they get. And then though they may not pick up on opportunity costs, often they will, even though they might not use that terminology or be able to describe it or calculate it, they understand the idea behind opportunity costs. They also understand the idea behind leverage. And so anybody that studies and learned real estate is going to naturally connect with life insurance, which is an almost identical product. They're going to naturally connect with the strategies behind prosperity economics, which are the movement of money, getting dollars to flow, focusing on cash flow, not net worth. All of those things are just natural occurrences in real estate. And so if they take the time to study the real estate, which the good ones do, and they'll take that same time to study some of the more paper-oriented products that you and I work with, they'll naturally see the connection, and it's an easy connection to make. And the best part is, 
the two things support each other so well, and it just really benefits their real estate to implement all of the other pieces of prosperity economics. Yeah. Well, this and this is kind of this is kind of in closing, going right off right off of those those remarks. Um, and this is kind of an on-the-spot question, and this is just something that's been, you know, going through my, going through my mind. And so I haven't really thought the question through, which I tend to to do quite often. And things come out the way they probably shouldn't. But do you do you Go think <laughs> do you, do you think do you think the 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 entrepreneurial spirit exists in everybody? I do absolutely. So do you think right now in our country it's it's suppressed? Um, potentially. What I think is that everybody's got the ability to be first an entrepreneurial thinker. Mm -hmm. And we've used that terminology with our clients quite a bit. You can take, you know, a 30-year gold watch corporate guy, and he's still an entrepreneurial thinker. Yeah. And so behind that is that entrepreneurial spirit. And so that's interesting. Is it suppressed? Potentially, but it isn't going to be much longer. And that's the fun part. It's coming out. So, and here, here's kind of my other, my other, my other, my other thought is if you look at what entrepreneurism means, uh, and especially to this country, it's, it's pretty much what founded our, our country, if you, if you really think about it. But at the same time, I think prosperity economics creates a new initiative for for individuals and it and it provides them with a more entrepreneurial spirit. And I think real estate does the does the same thing cuz you can do so many different things with real estate, right? You can flip, yeah. you can rent, you can do a lease option, you can buy in bulk, you can buy commercial property, you can buy land, you can develop. I and mean, there's all sorts of different different strategies. And all those strategies have come about because an individual's mind thought about it. And so I think if you look at you know the infinite banking concept, or you look at proper uh, prosperity economics, and you look at this whole idea of macroeconomic planning, it really starts to drive this whole idea of control to the individual, where his mind works a little, bit, his or her mind works a little bit differently, and I think it drives that core that core spirit because now individuals are saying, hey. I now have my money and I know that it needs to be in motion. I know that it needs to be moving. And in that, in that thought or in that recognition, it, it drives the initiative to find things to do with the money, whether it's be entrepreneurial and start up a little business or purchase real estate or improve real estate or do this, that, or, or the other. Does that, does that make sense? Yes, I agree. And it's so neat that people are seeking and they're hungry and they're reading and they're listening and they're learning and they're being open-minded. And that's what it takes to make a change, to get different results, is to do different things. And those doing of the different things has got to start with some of the learning that must go on. Yeah. And I think, you know, what's coming to mind right now is the whole the whole arrival syndrome that, that Nelson Nash talks about. And uh-huh. I'm at, we're, we're never going to be to a point where we know everything. Right, we're always in this state of flux where we're con- our minds are continuing to expand. We're learning new new things and so forth. And you're right, the the hardest people to deal with are the ones that have have closed their mind off and have really thought that their way is the only way. And and it's and it's unfortunate that people really do think. I don't think they believe that internally, but I think it's kind of a front not to be sold something half the time, <laughs> right? Sure. But I think the whole idea of a paradigm a paradigm shift is making the recognition that hey, my you know my perspective on life is is not perfect, and I always want to be finding and learning certain things so that I can continue to to expand. And in that expansion, whether good or bad, right, we're still going to grow, and ultimately it is good. 
You're right. Absolutely. And sometimes that growth takes a step back first before you can go forward. Yeah, it's kind of the, you know, you, you contract and then you expand. Right, and that's that's relevant in a lot of other part parts of life. But no, I well, Kim, it's uh, it's been awesome to have you on, and I, I really appreciate your thoughts. I really appreciate what you've done to uh, to to help me, and um, I, we we need to have you on again. Your your thoughts are very valuable. Well, thank you. I'm happy to share, and and it's been a joy to do it. Awesome. Well, for those of you who who would like to learn more, please give us a ring at eight hundred eight seven zero eight six seven zero. Uh, and you can dial extension zero when you dial that number in, or you can email us at info at paradigmlife.net, P-A-R-A-D-I-G-M-L-I-F-E.net. Uh, we also have some, some cool articles on our, on our webpage. And again, that, uh, that new article that we have out is on beyourbank.com. That's www.beyourbank.com. That's all for this week. We'll, uh, we'll touch base next week.